Welcome to the Taking It Outside podcast from Spring Hill Outfitters, the show that connects you with the outdoors, with experts on guns, archery, cooking, outdoor gear, and more. Here's your host, Trent Lassiter. What's going on, y'all? Welcome to yet another episode of Taking It Outside with Spring Hill Outfitters. I am Trent Lassiter, and we are excited to have you with us today. We're always excited when you come join us here on Taking It Outside, just as much more so today than ever. Uh, as always, you can find this podcast on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, Amazon, Google, Apple, Buzzsprout, Yahoo. I'm, I don't know Yahoo. All the major podcast platforms, you can find it on there. Check it out. Make sure you listen to it. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review, five stars. If you can do 10, do 10 stars or do two five stars. That'll make 10. Good ratings, good reviews, how much you love taking it outside. If you like it or not, just say you do. Say you love it, and that way people can find us better. As always, thanks to Mr. Joe Gilly at Joe Gilly Productions for making us sound as good as he can. Uh, when we get done with this, we send it over to Joe. He works his magic, and we release it to you fine folks. A couple of special guests today. It's kind of a unique crowd. I just thought about this just a minute ago. I didn't even write it down. But today we have two Spring Hill Outfitters pro staffers in the Spring Hill Studios. We have the longest standing Spring Hill Outfitters Pro Staff member and the newest Spring Hill Outfitters Pro Staff member. Fun fact, we didn't plan it that way. It just worked out that way. Yep. <clears throat> it's the old and the new. We did, we got rid of Scott. Not that old. <laughs> just kidding, Scott. <laughs> Older employee. Um, Older Pro Staff, uh, Mr. Lee Gay. We'll start with Mr. Lee Gay. You've heard Lee on here several times before, so we won't get into his intro, but Lee, what's going on? How y'all doing? Happy to have Lee back. Always a pleasure to have Lee come join us. The first episode, podcast debut, is uh, Mr. Dylan. What's going on, everybody? Dylan is going to introduce himself to y'all and to me because I just met him like today myself. So <laughs> he, uh, he just joined the pro staff literally a couple of days ago. He, uh, he's new, and uh, he works in mostly the archery room. So if you come in and get your bow fixed here in the next couple of weeks, you may see Dylan. He's a local Johnson County boy. I'll let you kind of do a quick rundown, a little bit about yourself, Dylan. Well, uh, I grew up right in... Uh Right in Shoe Hill, North Carolina, probably ten minutes down the road from the from the shop. I've been coming to Spring Hill since I was every bit of eleven or twelve years old, and here I am, twelve years down the road doing a podcast, doing a podcast with the the guy himself. So. Where'd you go? You went to uh, North Johnson. Yep, went to North Johnson High School. Graduated in two thousand and sixteen. Shot with the shooting team. The shooting team like with that. y'all. Yep, yep. Well, good. If y'all don't live in. Eastern North Carolina, and you're probably just thinking to yourself, did he just say he's from Shoe Hill? That is a place. I don't think it's a town. It's an area. It's a crossroads, I think, what you call Shoe Hill's yeah. a crossroads. We call it, around here, we refer to people being from Shoe Hill, and it's not that big of a deal. But if you're from out of, out of Eastern North Carolina, look it up. You may find it. You may not. It's not far <laughs> from here. Shoe Hill. So we're happy to have Dylan not only here, but also joining us as we get into our busiest time of the year, the most wonderful time of the year. Here at the store, hunting season. Before we get into our topic today, we've had a busy couple of weeks, of course, around the store. We just got back from our first buying show. Uh, we're in Sports Inc., which is a buying group that uh, we joined back in '09. The last 18 months, we've not had a, any kind of show since February of, of last year due to the vid. Uh, all shows have been canceled. Finally had one, got to get back and see some old friends, meet some new friends, sales reps. And other Sports Inc. members uh, in San Antonio, Texas, this past week, which was nice to uh, get down there, check out some new stuff, 
get some stuff on order for the for the file, find out how far a lot of our back orders are behind, which is uh, most of what we did. Figured out how if it's going to be six months or 12 months or how far behind they were. But that's just the nature of what we live in right now. So yeah, it was nice to get down there, talk to some guys we hadn't seen in a while. And now, this weekend actually is our file outdoor classic here at the store. One of our biggest events of the year. We kind of kick off hunting season, do it every year. Actually today, which is Friday, we're not recording this on Friday, but we're playing this on Friday, releasing it on Friday. So today should be August 27th, if you're listening to it when it's just released. And today is our 10-year anniversary of being in this location, which is pretty cool. So we built this building back in 2011. August 27th was a grand opening of this uh, this building. We had another building that Mr. Eddie Scott built back outside of Kinley in 03. So the business started in 2003, but this is our 10-year anniversary today. Send all birthday cards and gift cards, monetary contributions for our birthday, 773 Seafood House Road, Selma. But yeah, so it's pretty cool. Been here 10 years, Fall Outdoor Classics this weekend. We got a whole hog cooking competition going on uh, as we speak right now, probably as, as you're listening. Whole hog cooking competition, pig fest is what we call it. And uh, fire department selling barbecue plates and all kinds of fun stuff going on this weekend. All of those things combined mean one thing, that hunting season is right around the corner. And one of the closest hunting seasons is right around the corner. Well, I guess dove and resident <coughs> goose is first. We'll talk about that later on. First, we're talking about bow hunting. So uh, archery season is, is big in this area. Eastern North Carolina, it comes in in uh, just a couple of weeks, two weeks from uh, from this weekend. So second Saturday in September historically is when opening day of bow season is. So we're going to talk bow hunting, uh, talk about some stories, kind of the, the latest and greatest things out in archery, some things that we can, uh, we've seen over the years and uh, tell some funny stories, probably mixed in as well. But So we're excited. You know, hunt season's here. Dove season starts up. Goose season starts up. But we're excited. These guys are excited for bow season. Lee's the archery manager. That's his main job title. He bounces around all over the place. But Lee's started in fishing, I guess, first thing 10 years ago, and he's migrated over to archery. And like I said, Dylan has been here for a couple of uh, days, so he may not have quite as much insight, but he's learned a lot. In his short two days, yeah. <clears throat> and bow hunting for a while. Did you start? When did you start bow hunting? Man, I Bill? started bow hunting whenever I was. Uh, I was every bit of thirteen years old. I've been messing with bows since about thirteen. On and off, I've, I was mainly a rifle hunter. I always messed with the bow aspect of it. Up until about three or four years ago, I dived in deep into bow hunting. It was like a rabbit hole that I couldn't get out of. It was insane how deep I went into it. Yeah, it, it's easy to do too. I mean, it, it really is. is. So first, first subject, talking about bow hunting, and Lee and, and everybody can talk on this, I guess. Why would somebody that's not ever done any archery or bow hunting for a deer, what's the, why would they want to get into bow hunting? What advantage do they have for doing that? Well, I'm not going to say it's necessarily an advantage. Um, <laughs> uh, you really kind of, the thing is for me, it's more about the, you know, the, the thrill of the hunt, you know, trying to get close to them. Now, anybody, you know, no offense to all the rifle guys out there, but anybody can squeeze a trigger at 200 yards and, you know, out of a, a box stand, you know, and put a deer on the ground. But whenever, you know, you got to get in their living room and, you know, get within 20, maybe even 10 yards of them, and, you you know, you're 16 foot up in a tree and you're you're trying to draw that 75, you know, that 70-pound bow back, you know, as steel as you can, and you get all these eyeballs looking around, you know, it's 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 a whole different adrenaline rush. And the, the aspect of being able to see a deer that's on your hit list, of being able to call it in to you, 
within the range that you are comfortable at shooting it at. You know, that's it takes a lot. I mean, a lot of years mm-hmm. of practice. And if you've been bow hunting before, you kind of know what what the guys were talking about. If you hadn't, it's it really is a different dynamic when a deer's right under your feet and you're in a lock on or whatever you're on. And a deer's ten twenty yards away versus being in a box stand at two hundred yards. Mm-hmm. So if your blood doesn't pump, yep, <clears throat> something's wrong. Oh yeah, yeah. You feel like you the, the the deer can hear your heartbeat from how fast it's going. No, oh, yeah, definitely. And so like you know, Dylan talking about that rabbit hole. I I started that rabbit hole probably. Uh, about 16 years ago i got where I, I would bow hunt all the way up till christmas and then after christmas i picked a rifle up just to fill the freezer just because i just didn't get that that feeling you know from from trying to shoot one at 20 yards with a with a stick and string it's a whole different experience mm-hmm. yeah i tell you i think the industry i think more and more people have got into it the last several years whatever the reason may be and we'll talk more about crossbows in just a minute but i know that was a big step here a handful of years ago when they made crossbows legal. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> and too, you know, I mean, an advantage, you know, the deer typically, you know, they some of them may still be in that summertime feeding pattern where they're coming out in the daylight. You know, the, the bachelor groups of bucks, you know, they're still buddied up. A lot of them uh, will still be in velvet, you know, come that time. It does seem like that hard horn phase, I mean, it's like, like they've got that down to the hour in North Carolina about whenever they're going to drop their velvet. And when bow season comes in, but I've only been lucky enough to kill one in velvet, and that was a little deer. But he he had some stuff going on with him anyway, because it was like I say, I hunt well into gun season with a bow, and it was actually during bow season. I remember it. I remember it very well because Trent had asked me to play softball that night, and I was like, "Well, as long as I don't shoot a deer, he didn't play softball." And uh, you know, I sent him a picture of my bloody arrow. I was like, "I'm not gonna make it, bud." He didn't play softball. <laughs> Dedication. <laughs> good team. Good team member. Yeah. So Pri- yeah, priorities, man. <laughs> That's right. And like I said, so we started selling bows. I know at the old store, uh, we opened it in '03, and I remember we first started selling Parker Parker compound bows, which are no longer in business. R.I.P. Parker. Uh, they were out of Virginia. That was one of the first companies that we sold. I remember going up to the Parker. They had like a little weekend bow academy that Brandon and I went to. I think Brandon and Lee Holland may have gone to way back when. But So we started selling Parker bows, and now I'll let you guys talk about what's some of the more popular or what is what, what brands do we what, – what brands? this is a test for you, Dylan. What brands of bows do we carry here at Spring Hill so Outfitters? We got a couple prime bows, a couple elite bows. We got a couple um, Hoyt bows. But our main sellers is Matthews and Mission. Just the amount of uh, technology that they've put into them bows is absolutely insane. We got a couple PSE bows on the shelf. Matthews by far is the most popular. I mean, I'm not over yeah. there as much as these guys are, yeah. but Matthews, and that's been away for a while. Compound, I mean, we're on compound bows, but mm-hmm. compound uh, bows, Matthews kind of, they own that market. They put a lot of money in marketing and they do it very well. They have. They do it and, very well, and I mean, you know, to me, I'm I'm biased to Matthews, but I mean, if even people like I've got buddies that have shot Hoyt because Hoyt gave them Hoyts, and I mean, you know, one of the guys, I mean, he all but had a Hoyt billboard in his front yard. <laughs> his, um, but yeah, I mean, in the back the back window of his truck was literally the whole back windshield said Hoyt on it. Then he started shooting Matthews, and uh, now he's shooting PSE, but he's. He's kind of a speed freak, so he likes you know he likes some faster bows. But you know, I tell him that just misses them quicker, and you know he's had history with that. I'm not I'm not gonna go into that any further, yeah. Mr. Williams. <laughs> and we're talking, talking about compound bows, crossbows. I mentioned a while ago. So used to I know when we first started selling crossbows, you had to be disabled or have a, a permit mm-hmm. or a sign off from your doctor to legally 
hunt with a crossbow. You haven't had to have this. I remember having a pistol purchase permit way back when to buy one. To that purchase. was 2005 or time six, ago, yeah. I believe. So they did away with a pistol permit requirement, and then they did away where anybody could hunt with them. And when they did that, changed that rule in North Carolina. We were one of the only states, I think, left in the country that required that. But they changed that rule and, and uh, started selling a lot more crossbows and crossbows. What, what brands of crossbows do we have now? Got Ten Point, Raven, Missions. That's about it. Yeah. And <clears throat> some Wicked Ridges, but, I mean, that, you know, Ten Point, that falls under that same umbrella. Um, Wicked Ridge is kind of like, if you remember back in the day, you know, you had, like, Ford and Mazda. It was just kind of like Ford and Mazda, kind of like GMC and Chevy, you know, Chrysler, Dodge. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And while we're on crossbows, if you haven't been by Spring Hill Outfitters in a while or any other hunting store or followed that industry a whole lot, crossbows have changed so much. The whole industry has changed, but crossbows, I swear, the last couple of three, four years, I guess. I mean, you can buy crossbows now that shoot, what, four, like 100 four, yards? Eight, yeah, every yeah. bit of it. So Matthews was Mission, um, the Mission crossbows. They actually have one that's called a Sub-1. And what that stands for is a sub one inch group at 100 yards. I mean, there's some rifles that we sell downstairs that won't do that. Um, not most people can do that anyway. But um, whenever they actually, uh, you know, I mean, that's very impressive. But when they actually uh, came out with that and they, they shot that three shot group at 100 yards, they put on a micrometer and it measured uh, 0.926 inches. Now, he did have a loophole Mark IV scope on there, so he probably had dialed to 14. But still, you know, you got to be to see if you're going to shoot that far that's and impressive. shoot that accurate. So. Yeah, that's very impressive. I think Raven probably started that. They did, but they got a three-inch group so, so um, at 100 yards, which, you know, that's you know that's good for me with my rifle at 100 yards. Shout out to T- Miss Tanya yeah, over at Mission. Tanya Theroux. Miss Tanya, she's uh, one of our – I don't even know what her title is now. Been with Zebra and Mission and, and uh, now with – crossbow market last i heard so they're doing a good job crossbows are crazy it's, it's we talked about it with a customer the other day primitive weapons you know these, these crossbows now are not very primitive no no it's not i mean and you know they're actually talking about because you uh you can't like so like with archery you got the pope and young club which is 125 inch deer um with uh you know rifles it's the boone and crockett club which i'm not even close to what they you know, we don't have them around here. But I want to say it's in that one. I ain't going to lie. But, yeah, it's it's a, it's higher than 125 inch. But they are um, talking about doing a Pope and Young style scoring system for a crossbow. I don't think you'd call it Pope and Young because they didn't have crossbows back then. So I don't know what you would call it, to be honest with you. I guess you'd call it millennial scoring sheet or crossbows. Not sure. But, yeah, I mean, so crossbows have changed. but And compound bows have, too. I mean, it's, it's I remember well, a funny story. Before we we have a funny story comment at the end section, but I'm gonna skip that to a funny story. My dad, when I got into bow hunting, he uh, he had an old bear that was hanging in the shop across the road. For he hadn't touched it, looked at it in 20 years, and we were all bragging about our bows and how nice they were. He said, "I can outshoot you boys with my old bow. I'm gonna go get it and show y'all how to do it." And he got it, and I remember the target was like 20 yards. He pulled it back in the backyard and shot it, and I think the arrows skipped like maybe five or six yards in front of him and kind of we had, we had to look for it 30 minutes in the grass. He was in he lost that bet. But, but no, so so from his bow back that was made in the 1800s, I yeah. think, when John Smith was killing the first turkey, the, uh, the, uh, the industry has changed so much, even the last 15 years yeah. when we've been selling bows. I mean, just the, the, the technology that comes out, even on compound bows with these things or how light they are. Yeah. It's insane, but I think you you forgot. I think you might have forgot something there at the beginning. What's that? An honorable mention. 
Oh, I dang sure did. We'll, get it. we'll do that at the end. Okay. <laughs> I forgot to mention. I, I dang sure did. keep you on your toes now. I, I'm sorry. I don't look at my notes and I mess up. So, yeah, we do have an honorable man. We'll talk about him at the end. Yeah, man. Just the, the technology that's gone yeah. into these, these compound bows over the past 20 years is absolutely insane. I remember my dad just having a, a, the oldest trophy compound bow that you could ever imagine. And now look at what we got. Looks like my dad's. I mean, he... I don't think he's bow hunted since the late 90s, but his bow, I don't know how it's still together, to be honest with you. But, yeah, I mean, you know, like you know, what we're talking about with the, the noise and everything, I mean, if you tried to use one of those bows, like if I tried, if I tuned my dad's bow up and I got it shooting, got it sighted in and everything, I don't think I'd kill a deer with it, to be honest with you, just because I feel like the technology has gone so far that the deer – around here i mean you watch you watch deer on tv and i mean they shoot them and they, they barely move but i mean you know deer around here as soon as you release that air oh they're ducking they are ducking i mean they are trying to get out of there i mean they had their heads on a swivel i mean they're just paranoid 24 um, 7 i mean all the time and and i think what really happens i mean you know you can ride by a field right now any, any bean field right now right now this very second you can see some deer out there now, once dove season, I know we weren't going to talk about dove season, but I feel like once those shotguns start going off the weekend before archery, those deer kind of, it's kind of like a calendar to them. Mm-hmm. It rings a bell like, mm-hmm. hey, it's like it's kind of like a bomb coming. Yeah. Y'all, got, y'all got to go hide. One thing, so Spring Hill Outfitters here, if you're in the area, we do have an indoor range, which is nice, so you can come in here and try out a bow if you get your old bow uh, worked on. You can test it out here in the range. If you want to try a couple of new bows out, you can test them out here in the air condition, which is nice on days like this week yeah. in North Carolina. It's hot. The indoor range, you just have an outdoor 3D range at the old store. That was pretty cool. The mosquitoes stole all the targets. I don't doubt it. I saw one mosquito that was hauling that big uh, Bigfoot target out of the woods. It was freaking so, so many mosquitoes <laughs> I think, out there. I think whenever they hauled that Bigfoot target out, I think he landed over there on 1010. I did. It's still around. It's yeah, close it's, by. It's not far. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, we have iron buck shoots, which are always fun. We need to get some more of those started here when it cools down a little bit. Yeah, that's fun. Hey, but then you know, kind of once someone loses that first area, they're like hmm. you better be a shooter, boy. Yeah, Thir- Thirteen dollars. You better be ready. So one question. This is I, I, this is the honest question I'm asking you guys. Like I know more about firearms and and uh, duck hunters and waterfowl and deer hunters that shoot uh, rifles and shotguns. How many how many guys would you say buy a new bow? every year or two years or like the average customer we have how often are they replaced i know technology changes every year so like with shotguns most duck hunters have to have the latest and greatest the new camo pattern the new shotgun so they're coming in next year and buying a new shotgun next year buying a new shotgun but most of the guys that buy bows are they buying one every five years or two years or 20 years or what do you see well i've got one i've got well one guy, no, I've got three. I got three people I can think of just like right now. As soon as you said it, I was like, Yep, that's them. Um, there's three guys that they get the new Matthews every year it comes out, regardless. There's one guy he don't even don't even shoot it. He's just like, What do you think? And I tell him, He's like, All right, well, I'm coming to get it. Does he sell his old bow or does he just buy a new bow? Uh, he sells his old bow. Um, we do we do a consignment rack and uh, we help him sell it. So, but yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, I you know, I've been been into archery you know like trent said i've been here 10 years but i've been in archery for nine so the trend for me is about every third year you'll see that you know that real um competitive guy you know that's got you know it's got it in his blood it's all he thinks about all year you know is you know my when am i gonna do my food plots 
where's this stand need to be for this wind? You know, he's checking his trail cameras. Okay, he's he come out this day out of this trail. Let me check the wind on here. It was out of the west, but then he come out on this south end trail. Oh, that was because the wind was coming out of the north. You know, so patterning deer like that. You know, I mean, you know, they're really, really getting fine tuned with it. But you know, that's what that's what they live and breathe. I mean, I used to be like that. Um, don't get me wrong. I know we talked about that in the past podcasts, but you know, the past. Ever since my son's been born, I feel like I just haven't had the time to do what I need to do to kill those deer on that particular farm that, I, that I'm that i lucky enough to hunt because it's just easier to get him out on the boat. So dragging him in the woods, trying to keep him quiet, you know, mosquitoes, sweating, chiggers, ticks, all that good stuff. You just say you'd rather go fishing than deer hunting. Oh, I'd rather go just fishing than okay. deer hunting. <laughs> you'd rather go fishing. Well, I, so talking about having time to do <clears> stuff like that. And I mentioned, it's funny, I mentioned to Lee the other day about doing, I said, I want to do an archery podcast, <laughs> getting ready for archery season. And Lee's like, no. No. And Lee got real defense. And I was like, what do you mean no? He's like, it's too late. It's way too late. So I'm like, freaking, we have two weeks away. He's like, I know. It's unethical. He said, <laughs> I said, well, what if somebody wants to come buy a bow? He's like, it's too late to buy a bow. I said, no, it's not too late to buy a bow. We're selling a bow right now. So, <laughs> yeah, we will. So, we will. Uh, so but, while we're on that subject, it's, you know, ideally, you want to have a bow. And be practicing with it before open a day, so you can know you don't want to obviously skim up the deer, and, yep. and uh, that's the main purpose yep. point of that. But well, if- so to go back to that, the reason I'm like that because this is what my dad told me many years ago. I wanted to bow hunt, wanted to bow hunt, wanted to bow hunt, wanted to bow hunt. Got a bow, got a target, got some arrows. He said, "I need you every day to shoot that bow." Now this was like in you know March. So I need you to shoot that bow at least 25 a day, 25 times a day, and you need to be able to put it in that yellow circle all 25 times because you need to be practicing. And then there's a gentleman that I met in the 3D woods that um, Daddy actually showed me this article about about Scotty uh, Morse. Uh, he lives in the western part of the state. He was writing uh, articles in different you know outdoor journals um for north carolina and i don't know if he ever got in north carolina sportsman but i know he has been in the past but i don't know about writing articles he shot his bow probably he said on average every year about 300 times or wow. 300 days at 365 days because he was going in the 3d woods he was shooting 3d he was practicing he was practicing yeah. he was practicing back then you had to do that because bows were not as forgiven forgiven as they are nowadays right um, you really had to have that practice. You really needed to know that, you know, that piece of equipment. Um, but now, you know, you can you can get away um, with two, three weeks of practice with a new setup and be lethal in the woods. So you do practice is important. You don't. Want, it's kind of like a rifle or anything else. You want to tight the rifle in before you out open a day to make sure it's going to shoot right. The bow's the same way. So in each North Carolina, I know we're a couple of weeks away. You still have time to come by a bow. You may not hunt on open a day. You may hunt in. The end of September yeah. or October. So, so somebody that's listening and they they're thinking about getting a bow hunt. I mean, a lot of people have kids that want to get into bow hunting. So while we're on that, the minimum weight is what, Dylan? Legally, yep, thirty five pounds. Okay, you got it. Okay, you passed that. So thirty five pounds. <laughs> uh, thirty five pounds is the minimum weight to legally hunt for a compound. What's the minimum weight for a traditional bow? I don't even know that. I could not tell you. Just ten more pounds. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you may have a kid that wants to get into it. We have a lot of kid, uh, some bows for younger folks. But if y'all had to give just a, not a 30-minute uh, lesson, but like some, what are some quick, like if somebody wants to come in and look at a bow, what's some tips for somebody that wants to kind of get into it? What should they be looking for in, a, in buying a new bow? Like Reader's Address version, kind of like short. So like especially like for a youngin', you do not want them to have something that, that is hard for them to pull back. 
Mm-mm. You know, we'll get people in here. They'll draw it back, or, you know, the kids will draw it back, and Dad will be like, how was that? The kid will be like, that was easy. And I'm like, no, I, I saw his face. He was squinting the whole time he was drawing it back. And then Dad will be like, can we bump it up a little bit? No, I don't think we need to because, <clears throat> you know, you don't want you don't want to get hurt doing it. And what will happen is you'll create bad habits. You want to be able to shoot the bow numerous times because it's all about consistency. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to go on 30-minute speech. Sorry. All right. I'm going to chill out now. But, yeah, I mean, you know, it's all about consistency. I mean, we could I could talk about this for six hours, but. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, Michael, I almost cut off. Yeah. I'm going to cut the leaves off. I'm going to cut the leaves off. Time's up. All right, Dylan. So Dylan's been, Dylan's a bow expert uh, two days now here at the store. What would you say in your short time here, like if somebody wanted to get, let's say, let's, let's, let's talk about a kid. If a kid, uh, Somebody wants to get their, their young young person involved. What should they be looking for? Some tips to give them to buy buying their first bow for a kid. Don't buy anything that is so expensive because they might end up not not getting into it that deep. Get them something you know that like a like a bear, a good quality bow, but it's a lower end price range bow. You know, and try to get them out there every day and get them out there shooting. You know, get them out there and get them outside because I think a lot of the problem now, you know, kids got video games they sit inside on and everything else. Whenever I grew up, I was outside. I was shooting rifles and, you know, shooting bows, fishing. But try to get them outside, get them into the, the hunting aspect, get them to shooting bows. I mean, bring them up here and let, them teach a, and let us teach them the correct way to draw a bow back so that way they don't get injured, you know. And, Something very light on them, you know. You mentioned, it, go ahead. And it needs to be to fit them. That's the biggest thing. Throughout the years, the nine years I've been doing it, I'll see where the parent will bring a bow in that they used seven, eight, nine years ago. It's got a 30-inch draw length. A person that's going to have a 30-inch draw length is going to be over six foot tall, yeah. nine times out of ten. Mm-hmm. And then you got a 12-year-old that's barely five and a half foot tall, you know, 80 pounds soaking wet, trying to pull back a 70-pound bow. That is, you know, four inches too long for them. I mean, they, they need proper equipment. While you're on that, I've got uh, two two things I just thought about on that subject. One is uh, we have a lot of youth bows that can grow with the child. I know the mission. Yes. The mission. Uh, mission Hammer. Hammer. You should be a mission craze, right? Yep, mission craze, and then they, they evolved the to the hammer. Um, the mission craze only did inch draw length adjustments. The mission hammer will do half inch adjustments. Um, it only goes to 29 inches of draw. But the way I look at it, um, you know, want to talk to parents about, you know, getting their child a bow. Um, you know, it, it will, you know, I'm a 28 inch draw length. I can shoot that bow all day. It'll go from 15 to 70 pounds. I mean, that's you know, I mean, that's from a kid to a full grown person can can utilize this bow. So essentially, mm-hmm. you could buy a four or five hundred dollar package with yeah. everything they need, and the bow could last them for twenty years. Oh yeah, yeah, and grow. Yep, you but, just got to change. You know, I mean, there's maintenance involved. It's just you know, changing string and cables every two or three years. But I mean, that's you know, a hundred hundred twenty five dollars. Yeah. The, the second point I thought about the last thing you mentioned was, I, and I'm not in there much, but the, my experience, people find. Mm-hmm. Used bows, like yard sales. yard sales. I went to a yard sale and I bought this bow. It was only a hundred dollars. You wasted a hundred dollars mm-hmm. because, like Lee said, while I go to draw length, every bow just because it's a bow doesn't mean we can make it fit. Or That's I say right. we <laughs> yeah. doesn't mean they can make it fit. You know, so it's before you buy a used bow on Facebook or uh, I don't know if Carolina Bargain Trader is even in business. Carolina Bargain Trader. Oh yeah, they're still getting. Them. Are they? They sell mm-hmm. trucks and guns and mm-hmm. bows. Facebook yard sales. Wherever you may find a used bow, just talk, you know, bring it by, 
We'll look at it, whatever. Just make sure that you can, uh, the bow will fit you. Even if it's $100, you don't want to waste $100. Sure. And it happens a lot. A lot of people bring in bows, and uh, they're so excited they got such a great deal, and it doesn't work. That's right. Doesn't fit. That's right. like me. I mean, I I had a I paid $300 for a Hoyt that I had. I thought I had a deal, and it turned turns out i did not you have a deal i wasted three hundred dollars and i ended up ended up buying a brand new matthews v3 and i'm a matthews guy now lee made me do it well i tried to fix it for him for the hoyt it just you only put a band-aid on something for so long yeah <laughs> uh and one thing you mentioned a while ago too dylan about uh the shooting team that's also a good program if you have a young person i keep talking about young people but we love getting kids involved at an early age but if you have a young uh, young person, check out these 4-H clubs. A lot of 4-H clubs have shooting teams. I am uh, have been for a while really involved with the local high school shooting team here, Hunter, Hunter Safety Team. Mm-hmm. And uh, some uh, schools in the area have middle school Hunter Safety Teams. So then that's, you know, not only archery, but rifle, shotgun, hunter skills, which is orienteering and some test part too. But there's all kinds of programs if your kid is interested uh you know, check out the local school system. They may have a program where you can uh, get them involved in early age. I know whenever I was in it, man, it taught me a lot. And whenever I was in high school, I mean, yeah. just simple things that I never I never knew, yeah. it, it yeah. taught me a lot. And safety, obviously, they have to have a hunter education course to be a part of the team. But safety, obviously, when I'm, I'm involved and the guys that help out with our team, you know, safety is always the number one goal. Mm-hmm. And you learn a lot of stuff. All right, so I want to hear, before we wrap up, our time is winding down but i like to have some fun too so i want to hear some funny i know i have a couple of funny stories myself but lee anything i know you've been here for a while dylan may not have as many funny stories about things that have happened here in the store but let's let's not mention names i don't make anybody feel bad but what what are some things that's happened like some funny stories that have uh things that have been said or things that have been done that here i'll start number one was a dixie deer classic dixie deer classic uh we used to have a booth every year at the Dixie Deer Classic in the Jim Graham building, and we were mainly selling archery stuff. We sold bows, and uh, we set bows up for people out of press there and set bows up. But every year, usually at least once a day, you would hear somewhere in the building, you would hear the the noise that you had no question what it was. Mm. And we would say, well, somebody just dry fired a bow yep. somewhere. Uh, sometimes they were bows that we sold, and they didn't know any better maybe, but they would somebody would dry fire a bow. And uh, while we're on dry firing, a couple of quick stories on that. I remember one somebody. I think it was here. I don't know how long ago it was about the person that called about soaking the soaking the bow in the bathtub. So it wouldn't dry fire. Oh god! Wasn't that here? That, that it was. Either, it was. I mean, I, I know. Old I know who told me that story. So it may be the old story. I know that was a trust, not a made up story. That really happened. I'm sure Brandon, if you're listening, whoever may be, they could tell me. Or Lee Holland maybe knows it's more Charlie about it. Young Charlie Young, Charlie. But they talked about soaking the soaking the bow. How in the long bathtub. do I have to soak my bow in the bathtub where I can dry fire? I have never, man. So, oh my god! So yeah, that's <laughs> that's a true story. Another true story I have is uh, Josh Marks. Uh, I won't get into a lot of names other than Josh Marks, but we had some folks at the Mm. store one night in the indoor range shooting bows, and and Josh had just bought his uh, lovely wife, Miss Jody, a a brand-new bow, and she was in there with somebody else in the range, and me and Josh were in their workshop, and they are working on something. And I said, do you trust them in there with the bows, like without us? He's like, oh, yeah. Jody knows everything. It's fine. No problem. And we – it won't – 30 seconds after that conversation we heard that noise i mentioned and josh of course we ran in there and it was the boat had been dry fired no, no. by somebody else it wasn't jody and uh that was 
the rest of the night wasn't too fun. But uh, so I'll, so t- so tip number one is don't dry fire bow. Never. I don't. I'm not a bow expert. I've got a bow. I've killed a deer with a bow, a couple of deer, but I don't go bow hunting a lot. But I do know that you don't dry fire bow. Never. So outside of that, Lee, what's some things you've seen or heard in the store? Some funny stories. Anything comes to mind? I know I've got one more, but I'll give you a chance to say one if you have one. You know, think about it some more. Let me tell one more. Yeah. All right. So the old store. If you ever went, to, anybody ever went to the old store, it was uh, kind of hard to explain how it was set up for the story I'm telling. But anyway, somebody had a bow that they drew the bow, the bow back without an air in it. And uh, no, I'm sorry, it had an air. No, this is not a dry fire story. This is a live fire story. Had a had an air in it. Pulled the bow back properly. Well, they wanted to check the arrow, the draw length, to see how far the arrow came past the riser. So they pulled the bow back. And I'm, if y'all can't see me, I'm actually pulling the bow back right now. So they pulled the bow back, and he holds it out in front of him. You know, so your arms are out looking at the, you know, and so it's like a 70-pound bow. You can't do that. 70-pound bow holding it out straight in front of him and releases the bow. No. By accident. Luckily, did not hit anybody. But it did go through, luckily, our men's bathroom was in the back right corner. <laughs> through the bathroom, the door was open. Went through, nobody was sitting in, in, in the bathroom, thankfully. The door was open, went into the bathroom, into the sheetrock, and stuck uh, like a half an inch above the toilet paper roll. It was funny. The hole's still there, I'm sure, unless could, Mr. Eddie got it fixed. Could you imagine being the man in there? I don't know what I'd have done. Hopefully the door was closed, the door would have stopped. It was the funniest. Oh, my gosh. That arrow went out. He was scared. Oh, we were all Lord. scared. Well, something similar to that. All right, so we've got a much bigger target now in the range, but on the outside of the building, I think there's about 14 different little <laughs> pinholes um, where people, I don't know, just don't, I don't know. People is what we're going to say, people. Um, but there's, there's, you know, we got a target. It's, you know, four, four foot by four foot times two. So we got, you know, four foot tall, eight foot wide. And then we have these other little blocks that they do not shoot down because your arrow will never come back. Um, <clears throat> they're just to stop it from hitting the plywood and going through the plywood and poking holes in sheet metal. Well, it was one time, I would say it was probably 2014, Trent. There was a gentleman. He um, bought his son a crossbow, and we uh, restrung it. And, you know, we, we try, you know, as long as we have a bolt that will work in the crossbow. Um, and for people that don't know, you know, you got arrows and bolts. Um uh, a bolt is an arrow for a crossbow. There you go. Um, so, so if we had the bolts, we shoot them, you know, just to make sure, get them sided in. That way you don't go losing bolts when you get home shooting at your 24-inch by 24-inch target at the house. So, you know, we'd shot it. You know, after we restrung it, called a gentleman, he come picked it up. Long story short, he went in the range. He said, I'm going to shoot it and make sure it's good. We said, all right. I said, you can use this bolt right here. Well, I walked back, walked back into the workshop. Um, me and uh, another co-worker, we were uh, – busy restringing a bow and it was kind of being aggravating so it kind of took two hands to get everything like it needed to be and we heard that whack and we both looked at each other and both of those rolled our eyes started shaking our head i walked in there i was like you all right he said man that thing hits hard <laughs> it's hard i was like what are you talking hard. about he was like i was aiming at the target i missed the target did you hear how loud that was when it hit down there and he walked he walked down there Looked underneath the target and saw one of those holes where someone else had shot through the plywood out the building and was like, dude, man, I think I shot that bolt all the way through the building. I think it's outside. And I was um, yeah, man, that that thing hits hard. That does, that does happen if you ever if you ever But it didn't hurt the boat. If you ever, that was the craziest thing. It did not t- it did not put a scratch on the boat. Because I thought I thought it was gonna be exploded whenever I went back in there. Yeah, yeah there's several holes if uh, you walk on the 
the uh, <laughs> south. I guess this is south side of the building. Yeah. There's several holes through the outside metal where arrows have found their way around a target somehow. <laughs> And uh, gone through the outside of walls, so. but that thing hits hard. <laughs> I got one, and it was just—I mean, it, it it was me yesterday. <laughs> well, I won't go talk. I won't so, talk about myself. It's a personal, so, uh, personal story. There's different kind of releases you can have for compound bows, and the kind that we all like to shoot here is back tension releases, hinge releases. They're very, very, very sensitive. You got to be very careful with them. Uh, if you don't know what you're doing, you can get hurt, like I did yesterday. So I decide that I had too much travel on my release. I was going to make it a little bit hotter and I knocked me an arrow, go in there and I'm going to shoot. And as I'm drawing back, my release goes off and I punch myself in the mouth. I turn around, I throw my release at the target and I said, I swear I'm never shooting a bow again because I mean, it hurt. It hurt. My mouth this morning was sore. Arrow went flying all up around the, the archery uh, room and everything else and it ended up hitting the wall and it's stuck there and to this day I've, I've been thinking about going up there and writing my name on the fletch and you know saying yeah, yeah I did the that. point of that story is Dylan's still learning we were, yeah. <laughs> still in our early day we're, we're trying to tea, we're trying to mold yeah. Dylan yeah. Uh, but yeah the releases we, we have a lot of issues with releases folks trying to mess yeah. with releases and, and uh, play with them to get them lightened up a little bit and they don't I've had several instances with uh, releases don't sky draw. I know that's one thing I know from the shooting team. You can't. They don't. You can't sky draw because that'll happen, and your arrows will go yeah. a half a mile. Yeah, I've had a couple of releases actually just malfunction on me, and um, when I was shooting competition, I had one in there. It was it was a true ball HBX. It's like a hybrid release that they don't make anymore, and I know why. Um, they had issues with it, and I was mine was one of the ones that they had issues with as well. And I had drawn. I remember that. Yeah, I drawn a uh, my about. $2,500 competition bow back in the range one day, and it, you know, I shoot with, you know, a really relaxed hand. I was about halfway back, you know, but I've learned I don't draw with my face. I've seen too many pictures of people with, you know, broken noses from where they'll draw at their face. So I kind of draw down towards my chest. So if it's going to pop off, it's going to hit me in the chest. Well, I got I got about half draw, and that release gave, and that bow bounced three times on concrete before I could catch it. <laughs> I, won't, I would not have a camper. <laughs> I bet not. All right. Well, we uh taking enough of y'all's uh, enough of y'all's time up for one one episode. So uh, before we wind down, I forgot to mention this before, but this this episode today is in honor of a very special person who couldn't be here with us today. We have one more, well, actually one and a half more. Blake still, well, actually one. Both of them are half now. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> Blake's Blake's a half, and then we'll say uh, uh, Nick is a half since he's uh, about to reside in Georgia. Uh, but today's episode has been in honor of uh, William Nicholas Aikens III, who wanted to be with us today, but he had some jaw issues. <laughs> we, oh. William wanted to be with us. He's a, he's a one of our archery pro staffers, and uh, he really wanted to be with us, but he said he couldn't do it because his jaw was hurting. So uh, lift, uh, lift Nick up and his jaw issues. I hate he couldn't be here. <laughs> I told him if he didn't do it, if he didn't, if he didn't record, if he didn't record, he was gonna get made fun of. So. He does. Well, he gets made fun of him. <laughs> Nick, uh, Nick is is uh, been here for a, almost a, you, been here almost a year now, a little over a year, I think, maybe. In, and uh, they're about to head back down to Georgia here within the next couple of months. So if you see Nick uh, in the store the next month or so, tip uh, your hat, tip him, a, give him a shout, ask him how his job's doing. 
<laughs> uh, that's all I got Guys thanks for being here Mr. Yeah. Dillon Mr. Lee Gay Thank you buddy always, uh, always a pleasure As always thanks to Joe Gilly Productions For all the magic Behind the scenes And uh, we're working on Getting these things live We got a couple of things We're planning the next week or two To bring some live episodes Some Q&A's I'm a little bit scared of doing that, but we're going to do it. We're going to bring uh, Facebook Live, YouTube Live. we got a camera set up in here, and we're about to go live with the podcast so you can see our pretty faces and ask questions and interact with us. This will be my last podcast. He said pretty faces. Lee Gay said, I'm done. <laughs> uh, as always, thanks for tuning in. Find us on all major podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google, Buzzsprout. Rate, review, come by and see us, Spring Hill Outfitters. If you're in the area or not in the area, drive to see us. Eastern North Carolina's premier outdoor store. I just made that up. I like it. Interstate 95, exit 101 between Miami and Maine. I messed that up. I think I said it's, between Smithfield and Wilson, Miami and Maine, halfway point of 95 yeah. East Coast. Like, yeah. Kenley, I think, is like from Miami to yeah. Maine. Or We're on 95 so, in North yeah. Carolina. Come find us. <laughs> so, it's yeah. like a big metal yeah. building right but, on Interstate 95. But, yeah. <laughs> big old sign out <laughs> yeah. there. Guns, <laughs> ammo, and freedom. Guns, ammo, and freedom here at Spring Hill Outfitters. We'd love to see y'all. Thank you as always for listening. Check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Instagram. Show us some love. Tell us how much you love the podcast. Drop us some ideas of some future episodes. We're always looking for new content. we got some fun episodes planned with some special guests the next few weeks and can't wait to share them with you. So as always, much love. Be safe out there the next few weeks as you get out and start hunting. And uh, don't forget to take it outside. Take it outside.